Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hey guys, happy Tuesday. It's Brian Davis here from Spark Rental. And I am joined today by Doug Harvey, a special guest. Uh, we are going to talk about mobile home parks today in preparation for our free webinar that we're hosting on Thursday. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well so you guys can reserve, reserve a seat for it. But uh, Doug, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, I'm glad, glad to be on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, by the way, Doug is actually joining us from baggage claim at an airport. His, his flight got moved today. So, you know, we're kind of winging it today. <laughs> uh, Doug's joining us from the airport. So, you know, it's going to be a casual casual episode today. So, Doug, let's, let's jump right in and talk about um, the mobile home park that you own. It's a smaller park, if I understand you correctly. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, this is one that I stumbled across. Um let's see back in 2017 so it was um, near some other property that i own and uh you know it's one that i kind of heard about i think i saw an, uh, an ad on craigslist and just digging into it and so uh i was able to pick it up those five uh, through a combo of owner financing and brought a little bit of cash down but like i said five units and uh so something small it was also you're trying to figure out you know Hey, this is different. You know, you I was somebody who had done single family buy and hold and it was uh it was it was like enough to dip my toe in and kind of figure it out and see if I liked it and it was something that I definitely liked and, and wanted to you know get more involved in as I as I learned more about it. All right. So how much did you end up paying for this mobile home park? This one I ended up paying hundred forty four. Um I was it as a combination of um, an owner note as well as some cash down. So um, it was 130 uh, notes that I was a seller that had he was holding, and so I just brought 10,000 down to it. So, wow, that's uh, great. Makes, yeah, makes for great cash on cash returns. Uh, these were all um, uh, park owned homes originally. Uh, so, we've done a version of um, converting over to 10 owned. Um, it's still we one that we're still trying to get over to that now. Um, and then we've also had one that we replaced that we actually had uh, some damage during a hurricane. So we actually put a new unit in, actually finished most of the detail on it uh, this last probably week or so. And wow. uh, yeah, so we've, we've had a little bit of a, a different adventures there as far as what we're working on and had a little bit of taste of a bunch of different processes along the way. I'm sure. Well, you know, it goes to show that no matter what you invest in, there are always risks, right? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So this this property, the one that you had to, the mobile home you had to replace or, or do excessive repairs on, um, that was one that you still owned at that point. You had not sold that to the, the tenant yet. Correct. This is one that I still own. So um, when I bought this park, it, it had the guy that had purchased originally, uh, with the exception of one of the units, it all had long term tenants. In it. They were tenants that he had when he had bought the park three years ago. They were still the tenants when I bought it, and up until uh, when this hurricane came through in 2020, they were still the same tenants. So great long tenants. You just didn't have any problems. You, you always want to take good care of them and deal with, um, you know, any kind of problems for the ones that um, that we were still owning ourselves, as being the park 
owner. Just because we just didn't like change, like I said, and you've got a good long-term tenant. But like I said, the tree came through. Uh, like I said, we had a hurricane that actually reached far. I'm in North Louisiana, which is uh, probably okay. four or five hours from the coast. Right? And because people like Louisiana, they live in New Orleans, but we're probably five hours north. So as far north as a hurricane, it never went with those kind of winds and that's some yeah. tree damage. And one, it was actually a tree that we'd identified had already a, a scheduled with a tree cutter to get it taken uh-huh. down, but this didn't quite happen in time. So uh, we had to deal with that. Uh, and it was also just a, a learning opportunity there because whenever we, this was on a, a unique size lot. So this was a 60 footer. Most of your single wides are probably 76, 80 foot is what we think about. So when it came time to find another one, it was actually hard to find one that length. So I, I kind of thought a little bit going forward what standard length looked like as far as what I thought about going into lots going into the future. So actually finding one that fit in that little lot was actually a little bit of a challenge. Now, did insurance cover that replacement? Yes, actually, it was one of those things to where there was so many claims going on and I had a good carrier. Uh, I sent four or five pictures of it and it just kind of took out the back corner, but it was an older trailer and they sent me a check for replacement cost and just moved on. That's great. Yeah, it was actually, yeah. A lot of times we don't have great insurance stories. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I've heard plenty of insurance uh, horror stories, but it, I'm glad that that one worked out for you. Yes, it, it worked out well. Had a good carrier and just was able to, um, you know, as far as that part of the process, just finding the next one. Like I said, realizing we didn't have a standard size unit, uh, and what that challenge would be was, you know, obviously a lesson for us going forward from there. Makes sense. So tell us about what kind of returns you've been earning on this park so far. Yeah. So whenever, you know, I I think a lot of us went through the, some of the versions we heard on bigger pockets or insert your favorite uh, real estate piece here. Like, Hey, we want to end up at, you know, uh, you know, around $200 a door and, uh, and you know, you're accounting for all your CapEx and things like that. But whenever you go to, to the point, especially when you're converting over to, uh, to tenant-owned homes, you get rid of a lot of your expense. Uh, and, and that being said, you, you know, you're converting notes and you're, you're factoring that in, but where, you know, when I think about like a cap rate, so like in, in my market, uh, if, I'm, if I'm buying a single family home, my cap rates are probably in the 8% range. Okay. Uh, and that's probably pretty steady for a single family. I mean, I'd like to, if I can build some value add, I can push to 10 to 12%, but if I'm buying something that's like almost retail ready, I'm probably getting around 8%. Yeah. But like on this, but on mobile home park like this, where we didn't actually put much value add in, this was more, we just got in the right acquisition position on it. Uh, you know, we're somewhere in that 18% range. Wow. That is a great return. Yeah. So we, we, I said, when you have long-term tenants, it was one of those, you have opportunity to either, you know, uh, you know, move some of the utilities where you can submeter them. That's that's an opportunity. Uh, one, you'll find that you know prices haven't moved in years. Uh, you know, you're not no longer accounting for you know even things that you absorbed on property taxes or what you're paying the yard guy to take care of the the park in that scenario. So, uh, you know, naturally, every other version of life passes on those costs, and you should too if you want to be able to earn a return for yourself and or your investors. So, uh, there was opportunities there too. I mean, I think that. A lot of times, you know, we're not necessarily building inventory. We're uh, value adds. Sometimes it's taking somebody else's investment that who just didn't, um, you know, whether they found their version of efficiency and, and you can add your version. And, uh, you know, you can find those opportunities like, hey, I, I took this lesson I learned from this property 
and take it over to the next one. I, I think that's what has been my opportunity over time. Yeah, so uh, we've got a question here from Christina Colin. She says, do you prefer to own the mobile homes uh, or also let people park their own mobile homes there? Uh, I prefer at this stage uh, to let people own their own. Now, I'm like this one that I'm putting there, the one that I replaced, uh, I went ahead and purchased this one. My mindset is I'm going to put this one there to ultimately owner finance it out to someone. And so it, for me, it's like, it seems like there's more of a challenge in getting somebody to actually, especially in this market, like just like vehicles right now, it's actually hard to go out and acquire a vehicle. The same thing with mobile homes. If you've priced a new mobile home right now, they are incredibly expensive. Yeah. So actually, so actually finding it and landing it somewhere, I mean, that's a pretty expensive piece. So, but if you actually go ahead and have it located where it's in a park already, and then you start talking about acquiring it already in the park, that seems to be more attractive. But like I said, I. I prefer to, you know, like I said, really finance the purchase to the uh, owner of the mobile home that way, because then I'm not dealing with the maintenance cost and stuff that happens inside the mobile home. Uh, so I'm that, that being said, I'm taking care of the park itself. I'm taking care of, you know, we just spent a pretty good bit of chunk on the driveway, for example. This is like a, a we're, this is like at the edge of a city of 25-ish thousand, but okay. the street is kind of at the end of a road. And the we, we have parishes instead of counties, but essentially the county stopped taking maintenance to like right just at the edge of this park. And, and past it, there's actually homeowners and stuff too, but somehow the maintenance of that road's always came to the park. And so, you know, we just put four or $5,000 down into the, uh, you know, the park as far as the driveways and stuff the last week. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we're going to do so yeah. that they can focus on the stuff that's going to be the, you know, the, the toilet issues, the stuff like that, and, and those minor things. And I feel like that's where we can provide value and focus on the park itself. And also that's what they're going to see in, um, you know, traditional offerings. Because if they go and look at, um, you know, a different park, you know, you know, let's say five or six miles down the road, that's the kind of situation they're going to see. There, there are still a lot of park-owned homes in my area, but you can start to see a shift too. Yeah, so so you you do not have to maintain the homes themselves as a mobile home park owner. Um, you just maintain the the public areas, uh, the driveway, like you said, maybe the landscaping. Um, right. And for a park that small, I imagine that you don't have you don't have to have a, a separate office building, right? I'm guessing there's no on-site office. Yeah, so you don't have to maintain any buildings at all as the mobile home park owner there. No, one that's small. I have a property management company that, so I have single-family homes as well. I have some multifamily. And my property management company, they just uh, kind of run through there like they would. Now, if I had like a 20 to 30 unit, which is kind of what I feel like uh, the spot that I want to operate in that doesn't have, you know, like a lot of institutional money chasing it, um, I, I think that you, you'll see like some, uh, in fact, I was looking at a deal um, somewhere in the last, you know, probably 48 hours. And, you know, you'll see a lot of them where they have like one unit that's reserved for a park manager and it's subsidized the cost or something to some degree. Okay. Um, also seeing also saying Christina's uh, follow-up question about, you know, are mobile homes more difficult to manage because they're seen as class C or D. It really f depends on the community you're in because I'm in a very, or at least some of the, on the edges some very rural areas and some of the markets I'm looking at are very rural areas. And some of these are like, if you look at, if you like, so go out and price a, a mobile home. I mean, these, these are not um, what I would consider cheap. And if you actually go look at the level of construction, I mean, the, you'll find that they have to follow the same building codes that you'll 
um, have to um, follow if you're actually building a, a slab home now you're going to do different things if you're building on a slab but you still have the same electrical codes and things like that right. just in, in a different subset uh, but as far as tenants and thinking about a park um, I said when I I have long-term tenants there and these are people that I don't have problems with I, I, I you know when I think of like the places that I struggle with and I, and I say struggle with I think if you pick your properties and you take care of things that it, it really takes care of itself but this mobile home is not a place, park is not one that I worry about. Um, we, we have good tenants there. You, you you pick on the front end, and 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 when you have any kind of multifamily, when you have people that, that are next to others, you owe it to them to weed out bad actors and get rid of them if, whenever that happens. And yeah. that's I think that's a big part of it, because if not, then that is like a cancer that will go through your park. If you have somebody that's just for the sake of exaggeration, it's running a meth lab in the back or whatever it may be. I haven't Pretty had that. <laughs> but but if you had but if you had something to that degree, something that was bad, or you had somebody that was just a toxic person and was uh, having criminal behavior involved, then you owe it to the rest of those tenants to root that out. Oh yeah, because you're dropping away your good tenants. Absolutely, you owe that to people that live there, and then for the business side of it, I mean, you that's that's going to affect your investment. Your your rents are going to fall. It's going to it's going to impact your turnover. Yeah, so you know, I've, I've actually heard, um, I, I don't, I've never owned a mobile home park myself. Um, I have heard that the turnover rates for mobile home parks are actually quite low, uh, even lower than mid-class housing and way lower than like class C or D housing, which is maybe comparable income-wise. But yeah, no, I've, I've heard very low turnover rates for, for these parks. Yeah, if you'll think about like, you know, I have five units there. I have one unit that's had, um, it's had two tenants in four years. Um, the one unit obviously had had the tree go through it and that, that made that tenant turnover. Right. Um, but but then the other three have the same tenants since the guy that purchased it before me. So we're talking four and five year tenants. That's great. And, and so whenever we had to go through and uh, do, you know, like where we pass some costs back onto the tenants, uh, you know, these they still stay they, and they still um, still like living there. But that being said, we know when they have roof issues or, you know, like we have the tenant, you know, he had a um, you know, small two-ton air-conditioned unit, but whenever it went out, we, we go through and we replace it. So we've got another question here from Christina. She says, Are there, is there special due diligence that you have to do when purchasing a mobile home park? So if you're considering um, a, a park that has – uh, park-owned homes and you're considering going over to tenant-owned homes, then you'll definitely want to approach it differently because you're really, in that scenario, you have to approach it like you're buying notes versus, and, you're, and, you're, and you're trying to convert it over that way. So you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, not, go, I'm not getting rents in perpetuity. I'm getting a cash flow payment for a defined period of time. And you have to essentially build your numbers into that accordingly. Uh, I'm sure there's some calculators out there. I've done my version of it that I use when evaluating deals like that. But I, I look at those as income streams that have defined periods. And, and I, I generally look at them in a 15-year window. Okay. That's, that's, that's the way I look at it because I'm generally going to finance them out, you know, probably on a 10-year note. And then I'm going to show five years of no, no, no income from that. And then with just a lot rent. So that also kind of shows me what it looks like in a stabilized period when you no longer have that note to think about. Okay. And then we've got a follow-up question. Are rents increasing at the same rates in mobile home parks uh, as in regular brick-and-mortar houses? 
I would say as, as a percentage wise, I would say yes, at least in the markets that um, I'm looking at and I'm, I'm, I'm out there in North Louisiana. Okay. All right. Well, Doug, I want to be conscientious of your time. I know you're hanging out at the airport there. <laughs> Baggage claim. Um, where can people connect with you if they're interested in buying homes from you? Uh, maybe mobile homes, maybe regular investment properties. Uh, yeah, how can people connect with you? Yeah, so I, I tell people our, our buying website is MonroeHomeBuyers.com, but you can easily reach out to me at Doug at MonroeHomeBuyers.com. And I'm always looking to connect, looking for, for people looking at investing and also just looking to bounce things off of each other and just, you know, talk real estate, just like we're doing here. I'm, I'm always learning something, always learn something from anybody. I mean, we all have unique experiences that bring us here. Well, I'm going to, I'm adding a, a link to your website here, MonroeHomeBuyers.com. Uh, and we'll go that in the show notes for the podcast version as well. Um, Doug, any final thoughts that you want to share before we call this episode complete? Uh, I, I would say just thanks for having me on. I would say that anybody that's considering it, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things to where, uh, you know, find somebody that has them. Uh, you'll find that most of your mobile home parks that are local to you, if, if you're in that 30, 30 unit and under range, they're going to be individual owners. And, right. and, and you're going to find that, like with most people who are, you probably talk to at real estate at some stage, they're really open books. And if you're willing to go out and just invest a little bit of energy and find that mentor, find that some that person is willing to impart some advice. I mean, you'll find that most people are open books. And I would say that that's been one of my biggest uh, pieces to my growth. It's just been finding people that are willing to share and open up to me. And that's been, uh, been grateful. It's been good for me. Um, and I'm grateful for it. That is great advice. <laughs> you know, any, every new investor in the world should go out and find a mentor or a coach, you know, a real estate investing course, you know, whatever it is, get help so that you don't, so that you can avoid those avoidable mistakes, right? Because that's right. There are a lot of pitfalls in the road. Most of them you can step around if you have someone to show you the ropes. So Doug, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great speaking with you. I love what you're doing with the mobile home park investing. And um, yeah, we look forward to having you back on the show. Um, maybe in a year from now, we'll see what you're up to then. Maybe you're at the you know the, the thirty the thirty home parks. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm excited to to talk to you again soon. So thank you again. I enjoyed it. Thank you. All right, guys. We will see you next Tuesday. Actually, that's not true. We will see you on Thursday at two p.m. for our free webinar. And um, we I added a link to the comments here and in the show notes. Reserve a seat, and we'll see you guys Thursday at two p.m. Eastern. All right, bye now. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.